All right. Welcome to Jetstream Live today. Uh, super excited to have our guest with us today. We've got Victor Dwyer. He's the founder at Dwyer Enterprises. And we're going to be talking about Amazon traffic and how to get Amazon results. Super excited to dig in on this topic. Victor, thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Mike. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about Dwyer Enterprises and, uh, and what you're doing over there. Yeah. So basically, we help guide external traffic anything to help Amazon sellers just increase sales or e-commerce in general. And that can be, happen a lot of ways through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. There's a lot of different ways to send traffic and really just get sales through for e-commerce sellers. And we basically help guide that traffic and really just send any type of external traffic to that listing or that e-commerce site but usually we end up sending it to Amazon because a lot of people end up getting the ranking benefits off of Amazon. So you might get $50 more in extra margins by sending it to your e-commerce site, but you may get $500 more from the increased mm. ranking from ranking number one on Amazon. And that's what we help do is we help Amazon sellers rank number one for their products. Yeah, very, very cool. I, I'm not super familiar with Amazon selling and, and Amazon, you know, more versed in, in the, you know, e-commerce platforms like Shopify and WooCommerce and these sorts of uh, tools, but um, really interesting. And maybe you could just talk about why, I mean, maybe this is a dumb question, but why is it important to rank on Amazon? Why does it matter to uh, have a good uh, converting store on Amazon? Yeah. So during Q4, the the Amazon cost of advertising actually doubled. Like literally within two or three days, we went from about a $1.20 cost per click to a $2.50, $2.70 for most clients. So that meant that if you were spending $100,000 on Amazon and getting $200,000 in sales, you went from spending $100,000 to getting $100,000 in sales because it the cost literally doubled to advertise. So with all that in mind, the people said like, oh crap, we have to figure out another source of traffic besides just Amazon advertising. And that's where like you can – like there's almost every other source of external traffic is cheaper than Amazon advertising. So that could be Facebook, like they could be Google, that could be like YouTube, that could be TikTok. All those sources of traffic are extremely cheap compared to Amazon advertising. So that way you can get a lot more sales from external traffic and Amazon ranks it to the top. So that way you can get your organic rank at the top. And if you don't know the difference between organic and sponsored, sponsored you pay to get at the top. But for organic, you get there naturally and you can actually use specific external traffic methods to get organic rank number one every single time so that way you can get those additional sales benefits so yeah so so essentially what you're what, what you're saying is is that in order to rank organically for amazon you can buy other sponsored traffic to drive actions on amazon that then boosts your organic ranking on amazon is that right yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. And so what are some of the best platforms? You mentioned Google, Facebook, others. What are some of the best platforms to do that? And about how much do you have to spend to make it worthwhile? So I would say it depends if you have a search intent based product 
or a convenience-based product. So if you have a very search intent-based product, like a bed sheet, like something that like if someone like needs a bed sheet right away, they like they need it right away. So that's a search intent-based product. I would recommend Google for that type of product. Okay. But then if it's a convenience-based product, I would recommend probably Facebook, Facebook and Instagram. So something that people scroll through the feed, oh, that's cool, and then they want to buy it type of thing. And then for a trendy-based product, I would recommend TikTok, using TikTok mm-hmm. influencers and um, getting TikTok ads because TikTok ads are really cheap and they work really well. <laughs> so I would recommend that to basically people go through that method. And those are the basic ways I look at using different platforms. And I base it off the product itself and then I adapt it based off the channel and making sure that it's relevant. And then I, that's how I basically choose what traffic source works the best for it. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, it's the exact same thing we would do with, with a Shopify site is like, you know, I usually yeah. look at the product and like, you know, is this something that people search for that carries intent or is this something that, you know, people need to find out about and have awareness or if it, you know, if it is trendy or interesting, then we look at, you know, the traffic sources in that way. Um, so it really just kind of depends, but it sounds very similar to, to what we would be doing as well. Um, do you optimize Amazon stores? Like, do you go in there and, and help them set them, you know, set your clients uh, store up to better convert, like basically do like a conversion rate optimization of their Amazon store? So on the Amazon storefront, there's actually very little traffic that people actually go to the actual Amazon storefront of the brand itself. Right. But on the detail page, yes, uh, where we'll like we'll actually create like the infographics because really, like you can optimize the entire page, but there's not not as much as you can do a conversion rate wise to optimize that. You like you can't do di- like different plugins. You can't do a pop up plugin like right, right. or any of these fancy <laughs> things. But um, the two important factors on a detail page is the title, um, the main or the title and the infographics. Because if you look on a mobile device on Amazon, most people just use their like their thumbs and just literally swipe through the images and then that's it. So right. that's a huge factor. So you, if you don't have infographics, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. So your infographics, you should have like infographics that explain what your product does, why it's different, why it's all these different things to communicate that to the customer because you can – do that through the bullet points. You can do that through all the other descriptions and everything, but most people won't even read it. You have to do that through the infographics and create specialized infographics for Amazon to get the most sales possible there. Yeah. I think of my own experiences. That's exactly what I do. Right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what does this product actually look like? I was just looking at, uh, I, was, I was actually looking at tire chains uh, on Amazon cause I want to buy some for my car so I can drive up the mountain and go skiing. Uh, <laughs> But I did exactly that. I'm like, okay, what does this product look like? And then there's a video. I'm like, ah, I'm not playing the video, right? Like, I don't yeah. know why I just didn't play the video. And so my own experience is like, I scroll through the images, kind of look at the description. I'm like, yeah, that's their words. And I go straight to the bottom and I look at the reviews, right? And I'm like, what are the people that like, this really didn't work for saying, you know, what is the like one star review? And, you know, I am looking for at least a hundred, like hundreds of reviews and that there are in the, the four or five range. I don't think I'm different from many shoppers yeah. in that way. Um, but those reviews carry so much weight for me in convincing me whether I should buy this product or not. Yeah. And reviews are always, always really, really important. And within these different strategies by getting more traffic, 
So it's really important to know that you can't just like put a product on Amazon and make millions of dollars. It doesn't work like that anymore. <laughs> it, it, it used to that you just really, really throw up a, a product and you would just get hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales right away. And because of how much, how much traffic there was, but it's not like that anymore that like people like expect to throw up these products and get sales and you'll get zero sales now because it's yeah. so competitive that you have to have a launch strategy that you, you have to actually um, launch a product and then you have to send external traffic to it to even get near page one. And then you have to have a certain a like advertising strategy to make it, you have enough sales velocity to get on the first page just in general. And then like kind of push sales there because it's even difficult now to launch a product with like launch a product. And if you try to spend advertising dollars behind that product on Amazon, sometimes they won't even let you spend money because they say, we don't know. Like basically Amazon's algorithm says, we don't know how well this product will perform. So we're just not going to let you spend money on it because wow. it's that competitive. And we have certain clients that just can't spend money and you could raise the bids to uh, raise the bids to like $20 and they still won't let you spend money. Like, cause if in that it's that competitive now. Yeah. And if you're, if you're in the supplement category, I recommend just don't go on Amazon. <laughs> like it's so competitive <laughs> that all the competitors, they will outbid you by three times they, they will literally take a hit. Like, how do I say this? They will, if the, if it say if it's a $10 product, they will literally spend $30 to, to, for someone to buy that $10 product. It's right. that competitive. And if they go for like lifetime value and everything else to those metrics, yeah. but it's the, there's categories that are so competitive and having external traffic to go around that on the Amazon advertising side really helps out. And Amazon will reward you by increasing your rank and things like that. Interesting. So, I mean, you're not like, you're kind of artificially driving traffic. To, it's not artificial. That's not the right way of saying it. Basically, it's just, it's not naturally happening on the Amazon platform. So you're saying like, hey, we'll go elsewhere and, and get this traffic uh, and, and get it to, to rank. What are some of the things... Like you mentioned some things about the Amazon algorithm and some of the challenges. Can you just talk about some of the challenges of being on Amazon and, and, and some of the like, you know, pitfalls maybe to avoid when you're, when you're trying to drive up your results and rankings on Amazon? Yes. Um, so <laughs> on Amazon there, we, what, if you're an Amazon seller, there's just things that we call like, like, I don't know how to say it. It's like a culture. Um, it's like a culture thing. Um, like, oh, that, like, that's just Amazon. Like, literally, yeah. Amazon will screw you in every single way imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's really, like, the best way to say it. Like, um, sometimes they'll just randomly suspend you for absolutely no reason. Um, that the whole pesticide issue, like, oh, like, that was horrible. There was a pesticide crisis that every, like, like these million-dollar, like, multi, multi, like, hundred-million-dollar sellers, like, all their products would be marked as pesticides and like under like legal law, they're not allowed to sell unless they're approved for pesticides. And then they, they would lose hundreds of millions of dollars Whoa. because everyone was getting marked as pesticides. 
and it was horrible. And you have to go through like a three week process to get it to get approval to be marked. Uh, like, like, and everyone was contacting support saying, We're not pesticides, we're a beauty brand. Like, none, no one wow. was selling pesticides, and we were everyone was being marked as pesticides. So it was really, really bad. And that happened for a lot of people. And it still happens. Like, it's not, it's still regular. So everyone, like, now everyone has to basically get approved for pesticides so that way it doesn't happen but there's a million scenarios like that and if you put your inventory in amazon's warehouse they'll suspend your inventory and they'll make it where you can't do anything with it unfortunately um because they house it and they keep it so with all that in mind that like they just really do screw you yes but if there wasn't so much money to be made then it wouldn't be worth it but since there's so much to be made that everyone still uses them and everything else, but it's still a horrible, it really is a horrible process. Um, and it's honestly the reason why I, I'm still in business because it, it, <laughs> if Amazon was, it was easy, I would not have a job, right. but it's, it's still really difficult and there's still a million issues that come up and then especially don't even get me started with variations and everything else. But like, there's still a lot of things that go wrong every single day within Amazon that are unique to that seller. But that's, that's just how it is on Amazon. It just really is. So yeah. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like, you know, when, when, when I hear people advertising on, on Google or Facebook for the first time and they start complaining about the platform, it's like, I can't do this and I can't do that. And this is how it works. And Google suspended me or Facebook doesn't like this. And I'm like, yeah, but it's the best platform to do this on, right? Like, and it's the same reason why, you know, we exist, right? As a company is because we help people with these things that are challenging. And I find a lot with, with advertising is you're like, you're marrying like the creative ideas and messages and images and videos with this like technical thing that it doesn't quite fit in, right? You're trying to like, you know, squeeze a square peg into a round hole Mm-hmm. And you've got to figure out how you can shave the edges on that square. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that's why we, we why we exist. But these platforms can be extremely frustrating, mm-hmm. uh, and and they can't be difficult. But like you said, there can be there's so much money to be made when you figure it out or when you when you crack the code. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me to a kind of interesting question. Just kind of curious how you how you got into this, and or what other things did you do prior to this, and and you know, feel a sense of like, there's, there's some real passion behind this. Like you really enjoy this challenge and this problem and solving it for your clients. Yeah. Um, I started out as a web developer actually. And, um, I started, uh, started out as a web developer and then I got into SEO kind of like guiding traffic. And then I started getting into advertising, how to advertise that traffic to get to the website. And once I started Facebook advertising, I had a buddy that said, Hey, there's this thing like where you can send Facebook. I need a good Facebook advertiser to send it to Amazon. So that way I can get like more traffic. And that's when I started like, kind of getting introduced into Amazon. And like, basically the first time I did this Facebook campaign for him, he's like, he's like, dude, the client just made a ton of money. Like I used to do this for everyone. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then like, then I started like doing all these Facebook campaigns to Amazon and then these clients said, hey, I need help with Amazon. Amazon's killing me. I'm like, okay, I'll try learning it. And so I constantly went through all of the tedious processes. And like all of a sudden, Amazon will shut them down and get suspended and everything else. And I'm like, okay, I'll learn how to get unsuspended. And 
Like then I started really getting into all the weeds with Amazon and how to get everything fixed, get fixed variations and things like that. And um, people thought it was really valuable. So I just kept going in the Amazon game and um, kind of kept like learning it and just went from there. And now I do external traffic to Amazon and I help Amazon just in general on full account management. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got into all of it. And um, it's, it's fun. It's, it changes every 48 hours, but it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's about right. That's that's digital marketing, right? It's like every 48 hours or so, you know, expect some major disruption to happen or that thing that you were doing that worked really well to not exist anymore. True. Uh, Yes. Right. It it just comes with a lot of testing. Uh, Like I am, I am actually like religious about testing. It's like actually insane. Um, like testing like different landing pages, testing different uh, creatives, copy and everything else. Like I'm always um, it's, it's, it's changing so fast that and you have to be testing. It's the number one thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so does your team, uh, you mentioned copy, does your team write the copy? Is there any process you go through to arrive at like, you know, the, the best possible copy on, a, on an Amazon uh, page? So we we use um, we start out with a certain level of copy. And then we use we'll use AI software to kind of make that a whole level better. Um, we usually we u- used to use um, uh, I forgot what the company was. They they got bought by Unbounce and he, like I forgot what they got bought by oh. Unbounce. And then now I use Unbounce to basically yeah. do the AI copy and um, do that level. And now we have like optimized headlines after that. So it'll like rephrase it into like a more, I guess, understandable way is kind of how, how we, how you say it. And then after that, then we have copy to work off of, and we usually use that and how we optimize our copy from there. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big fan of Unbounce as well. They're a Vancouver based company. I'm, I'm in Victoria. So we're just, yeah. we're on an Island. So we're, we're pretty close to them, but I've been a big fan of Unbounce for, uh, yeah. For years, and like uh, having landing page like optimization is like necessary now. Like yes. everyone should be using like lo- like optimized landing pages. And if you don't know what Unbounce is, it's basically you'll create three different variants of a landing page, and it will optimize your landing page based off what the traffic it was. So as we all know, there's a difference between a Google user and a Facebook user. And what it will do, it'll start optimizing. It'll see where the source they came from and optimize toward whatever landing page will work best and convert best for them. So a Google user might – that variant might be the best like – version A might convert them better. But for Facebook user, version B might convert them better. And it will actually learn which one converts better and it will actually optimize that and have a whole other level of optimization on your Facebook ads and everything else for your landing pages, which is really important. So it's cool. Yeah. And, and as a non-coder, non-designer, I can actually build some half-decent landing pages. <laughs> yeah. And then when I, do get, when I do get designers or developers to help with it, they're usually kind of frustrated with the system because it has some limitations that are there you know, for the purposes of optimization. But you know, I can't test like I can with Unbounce, right? Like you know, the ability to just put up another landing page and test it, give it 10% and track um, the conversions and stuff. It's a really, really... Uh, great tool so yeah it is yeah i love it and like that's also it's really important to send traffic when you send traffic to amazon having it's actually fascinating so we did a b test and you could send the traffic directly to the amazon listing 
or you can actually add a step by putting an intermittent landing page before actually sending them to Amazon. So you're literally adding a step and having that intermittent landing page will convert on average more than three times more yeah. by having that intermittent landing page when you send them the traffic to Amazon, which is fascinating because you're adding a step, but that it actually tends to improve conversion rate by a lot by adding that landing page in there. Yeah, it seems counterintuitive, right? To put something like yeah. in the way. Uh, yeah. But the way I've always looked at it is, you know, I've come from the affiliate space. And so we, we always focused on like creating angles. So you'd find something that's like, you know, unique to the product, but isn't necessarily the specific solution it was created for. And so that intermittent landing page bridges the gap between the angle, the keyword and where they're going to end up. So that if you just drop them where they're going to end up, they're like, wait, why am I here? This doesn't speak anything to the problem or the issue or the product I'm looking for have. Um, and, yeah. But that landing page does so much um, to, to, to convert them or to help them see uh, how this product can, can help them with their problem, whatever they're looking to, to purchase. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And it's funny, right? Like I always think about writing like short copy and like, let's just get them to the page. But sometimes the long copy works amazing as well. And sometimes even putting some other barriers in the way making it a little bit more difficult for them to, to get there. Right. This is, I read uh, somewhere that, you know, when, when like Ikea, mm -hmm. right. Like when you build an Ikea product, you like, you cherish it that much more because it was like difficult to build. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe some people feel differently about that. They really <laughs> hate the product, but, but there's something about that like sense of accomplishment of like, I did that and I created it. So I wouldn't always say to like add more friction or add more steps in the process, but you got to test stuff because sometimes that works or it helps or it helps convert uh, a lot better. Um, in, in terms of like uh, taking uh, a company that's never done Amazon, like do you ever work with that where they're like, they've set up a store, maybe it's Shopify, WooCommerce, BigCommerce, whatever, and they're, they're selling and then they're thinking about moving to Amazon. Is that something that you that you go through and or take clients through? Yeah, all the time. And uh, like basically the process we do to set up a person that's only been on Shopify. First thing we do is we set up the UPC codes because usually Shopify people don't have UPC codes yet, and so you need a UPC code to get on Amazon. And we set up the UPC codes, and then um, we have them sign up for the Amazon seller account. We go through that process and then we come, they become brand registered and then we can list their products up on Amazon and eventually start like selling. We link it to their inventory situation. And after that, we're able to start selling on Amazon and then we start the rank strategies from there um, to get all their products actually listed. And it's every company should at least be on Amazon because mm. especially if you're spending a lot of money on Facebook ads and everything else, I can guarantee that a lot of that traffic there, people are going from that Facebook ad and then going to Amazon yeah. to look if it's there because it's more convenient. Uh, we have a client that um, spends about, about $400,000 a month on Facebook ads and it is a direct correlation with our Amazon sales. So right. even though the Facebook ads are going to their e-commerce site, that we still get about $50,000 worth of sales per month from those from those Facebook ads on Amazon. So that they would have literally missed if they were not on Amazon at all, they would have lost $50,000 worth of sales just from 
the natural like or the natural traffic from the Facebook ads, even though there's really no direct correlation that they the people that left that Facebook ad and went to go buy on Amazon is significant. So if you're not on Amazon, you're missing out on a huge opportunity just on that alone. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh you know, if you think about your own experience, right? To think of my own, like if I see something on Facebook that interests me, I'm like, hey, what is this product? Likely I'm gonna go to Google and and search it, maybe, which drives up search traffic. So sometimes you'll see, like, if you have a Facebook campaign running, suddenly your Google ads start doing amazing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, the Google ads are amazing. Let's turn off that Facebook garbage. You turn yeah. off Facebook and you're like, oh, what happened to my Google ads? <laughs> but I think that there's a there's a a big gap there too, if, if you're not on Amazon, right, where you, someone sees a product on Facebook and they're like, maybe they click through, they check it out and they're like, oh, you know, $30, I don't know if I want to pay that. Let's see if it's cheaper on Amazon. And they go to Amazon and it's not there. Then yeah. you may have lost that sale altogether. True. Right. So yeah. I think you, you're right. You probably need to be in all three places in some capacity. Of course, that gets pretty expensive, but I think it can be really worthwhile if you're looking to grow your brand um, and grow from there. So there's the, the one big challenge with that, of course, is attribution. So is there anything that you do to manage attribution between Facebook ads, Google ads, Amazon sales, mm -hmm. uh, that sort of stuff, because it can be a bit of a, uh, a black box or just like lots of data between the three <laughs> platforms. So luckily Amazon's made it really um, convenient for Amazon attribution and they now reward you for it. So on Amazon that they normally take a 15% referral fee um, from all your sales essentially. But if you use Amazon attribution, which is an attribution tool, um, you actually get a brand referral fee for sending that traffic to Amazon and for them purchasing your product and it's 10%. So meaning that Amazon only takes a 5% referral fee on the traffic you send to Amazon, which mm. is really, really good. Um, so the fact that you can send that traffic to Amazon, get the ranking benefit, and on top of that, they only take a 5% referral fee from that and you you get the, all the benefits and the, the customer gets all the convenience of not having to enter credit card info. Um, fast shipping and everything else. They trust Amazon and things like that. So it makes it very convenient for them and it makes it where you can get a lot more sales that way too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, just thinking again of my own experience, right? Like part of the reason I'm going there is Amazon prime, right. To know that, Hey, I can get this in a few days and I, and I trust it, right? Like I, yeah. so I ended up with the, with the tire chains, I couldn't find any on Amazon. They were all sold out. Mm -hmm. And so I found this random site canadiantirechains.com or something like that yeah and i was like oh man like i don't know these guys from anything right do i really want to give them my credit card information but i i did i did do it but i was very reluctant to do it versus on amazon i know that it's somewhat trustworthy and that if something goes wrong that i have um you know i can work with amazon to to solve that mm -hmm. yeah. so a couple of years ago i bought up i bought a pool table on amazon wow and uh they shipped it to the wrong place. Oh no. <laughs> and, and it was the last one in stock. Whoa. And so basically someone got a free Amazon or a free pool table, right? Because I think once they deliver it, at least in Canada, once they deliver it, it's their property. They can't get it back. Wow. Uh, I believe that's how it works. Anyway, so I ended up canceling the order and I ended up buying it on Wayfair. But I knew that at least with Amazon, you know, it just wasn't going to be out thousands of dollars versus just a random site. 
I don't know what their policies are and how that all works. And if they care, if I don't come back or not, Amazon definitely does. So there certainly are benefits as a shopper shopper. True, true. And that's why a lot of people trust it. And like, this is where unbounce comes into this whole scenario. You can actually AB test sending that traffic to Amazon and sending that traffic to your e-commerce site Mm. and testing how many more sales you get out of it. Because you might like, for example, some people want to keep the e-commerce customer and might be able to keep that, but you might get five times the amount of sales by sending that traffic to Amazon because they are their customer, like all their information is already there. They are credit cards already there. All they have to do is press the buy button and wipe. And then that's literally all they have to do. And so you should definitely AB test setting that traffic to your e-commerce site and AB test setting it to your Amazon site because the Amazon might have a lot higher conversion rate of the amount of people that end up purchasing, which is give you a higher return on your investment, which will help you out in the long term. So it's definitely something to test. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, right? And I guess that's the benefit of having that landing page is you could send it to like, you know, the domain that is your site as like a jump page to your Shopify store or whatever your store is or directly to Amazon and and see which one works better. Uh, And there's bound to be a difference. Uh, Probably depends a lot on the persona you're targeting, the customers you're after, which ones typically prefer buying on the site versus buying on, uh, on Amazon. So that's a really interesting uh, and valuable point you made. Yeah. Um, Kind of curious, you know, like it's been an interesting two years, you know, e-commerce obviously has had this huge uh, uptick in, in sales and it was already, you know, on a, on a pretty good trajectory. What, what do you envision for the future of, of, of Amazon e-commerce uh, and this sort of thing? And maybe, you know, for your business as well. Yeah, like uh, e-commerce definitely blew up around 2020. And what we realized, um, for every Amazon seller, at least, um, during, um, when COVID happened is that we can't rely on Amazon for anything. <laughs> um, because, uh, I, a lot of, if you're not an Amazon seller, you really wouldn't know this actually, that during the, inven- like, like during COVID happened, Amazon, like basically everyone shopped on Amazon essentially. And Amazon basically said, Hey, there's no more inventory. You cannot send any inventory in because they were like completely backed up from everything right. that was going on during COVID. So we literally, no one could send an inventory and everybody was screwed. So if you did not have a 3PL, meaning a, a third-party warehouse, you were you were done. Like you literally wow. did not capitalize on anything during COVID. So um, basically we everyone essentially used a backup. Now every if you're a smart Amazon seller, you have a backup 3PL where you have a 3PL warehouse where you can basically have another um other inventory where you can ship that out and not right. rely on FBA centers. Because if you use Amazon's warehouse, you get that prime badge, which you get a 50% increase in sales, which is good. Yes. But you also want to have a backup strategy behind that. Mm. So that way you have another warehouse just in case Amazon doesn't go through that because Amazon has really strict inventory restraints that you have to get a lot of sales in order to increase those inventory restraints that you might be like, I have some clients that are only allowed to send in 50 units. And if you only send in 50 units, it's not even profitable because right, like right. you have to do like, like this amount and then you have to ship in. And it's like, it's not profitable. So they have to use a three PL just to do it on Amazon. So it's really important to like, keep that in mind. But 
with the future of e-commerce and things like that, I definitely see Amazon as a big player. I see Walmart as a potentially mm. becoming a big player within all this. Um, I know Target's making some headway on this as well. And um, all those are kind of big, big players in the space. I'm having more and more clients that are wanting to spend money on Walmart, which is fascinating. Um, I haven't seen too much traffic on Walmart yet, um, like too many sales at least. But Amazon seems like the biggest place to get the most sales volume. But it's just getting so expensive um, right. advertising-wise to be on it. But yeah, for the most part, that is kind of what happened during COVID on Amazon and everything else. So yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, Walmart's an interesting one. So is Walmart looking to do, to become more like Amazon? Because I've always heard with M, uh, with Walmart, like getting your product in Amazon or sorry, in Walmart is a blessing and a curse. It's like, okay, we're going to sell all these units, but then we're like, we have to meet Walmart's demands and they could be very demanding. We have to have so much stock. Um, but you know, if, uh, Amazon seems, seems like a better place to you know, kind of scale up. Like we can get so many, uh, you know, units ready and then we can scale up versus Walmart's like, we need so many now. Is that, I don't know if you have information on that, but is, is Walmart going head to head with Amazon here? So yes, Walmart's trying cool. to be more and more like Amazon for sure. Yeah. And they try to buy jet.com to get like, understand, like try to get e-commerce and like understand e-commerce more. And like with, with all that happening, Walmart is horrible, horrible at content changes. Like mm. if you, for example, let's say you accidentally misspelled a title. Okay. You forgot the E. Okay. At the end of whatever word it was. Okay. Yeah. The change and put that E back is like a three week process. It's, it's oh. that bad. Like you can't just simply like just change a title. You can't just change a variation. You can't just change an image. Like it's, not like that. It is Here. actually awful. So if you misspell, <laughs> you, you like verify everything on your listing first and submit it to uh, Walmart and never change it again because it will be an entire process to change it. So if ch changing things on Walmart is horrible, but besides that, everything's pretty um, pretty easy. Advertising is pretty easy. Everything else is pretty easy on Walmart, but it's just the content changes is really bad. On Amazon, they're getting more and more restrictive on content changes. They're now called suggestions, meaning that if you try to change your own listing of your own product that you own, they'll say, we'll take that into suggestion on the <laughs> listing. And that's we'll literally what they do. So like it's now everything, like even though it's your product, everything is yours. They still say, yeah, thanks for the suggestion. We'll see if we want to keep it or not. Wow. It's like, it's that crazy. Like they're that powerful. They can do that, but it's just, that's how it is. There's really nothing we can do about it. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, kind of reminds me of, of um, like when, when Google, uh, you know, obviously took a stronghold in search and, and Microsoft really didn't clue into that. Right. And they created Bing. Right. And there were so many challenges to like make it work on Bing that, you know, people just, you know, use Google. And so, you know, Walmart seems like it's too big and powerful sometimes for its own good because these are these like as an advertiser or a seller, it's like, I want to change the name. My name is spelled incorrectly, right? <laughs> these seem like pretty straightforward things. So it's, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all plays out. Um, Victor, I'm just, I'm kind of curious if you have like, you know, one or three sort of points that you would absolutely recommend that uh, anyone that's considering Amazon and, and considering improving their, their rankings on Amazon that you could... Uh, leave the listeners with. 
Yeah, so when it comes to points to kind of get on Amazon, so that there's definitely value to being on Amazon. I know I talked about a lot of the bad stuff because I'm always in the weeds. So I'm sure. like, like clients only come to me when bad stuff happens. So my whole <laughs> life is bad stuff on Amazon yeah. and like scary situations. But like, there is still a lot of benefit. Like, like I have clients that make hun- like millions and millions and millions of dollars on Amazon. So there's, there's definitely a huge benefit to being on it. It's, it's very actually pretty easy to get on mm-hmm. Amazon. It, it is a, like a, it's a tedious process, but you should at least be on Amazon. Every, every e-commerce seller should be on Amazon. Like that's a hundred percent. And if you're trying to scale it up, that's a whole other scenario, but you should at least be on Amazon to kind of get that process started. And with actually trying, if you are on Amazon and you're trying to actually scale it up, cause there's a lot of e-commerce sellers that just start like they basically said oh yeah we we launched it and like we're on amazon but we're not doing anything with it if you're that type of seller then i would recommend starting to get an amazon advertising either person or someone to help manage it so that way you can at least get some sales there because getting that process started is going to kind of start a seed to kind of start growing more sales and get that more sales velocity um, behind that because there's usually a lot of opportunity because of the, how much people are searching on Amazon right. um, that it gets, it's a lot better. And now that CPCs have dropped um, back from January, uh, from Q4, that there's a lot more opportunity. You can be a lot more profitable on your advertising on Amazon at least. So that way that'll help your efforts to kind of get more sales there. Um, but that that's basically if you're starting, that's if you're kind of um, you're kind of there. And if you are really focused on Amazon, then you can definitely do ranking strategies that I'm talking about using uh, um, Facebook, using Google, using all these different things to kind of help scale that up even more. Mm-hmm. That, that's gonna be for because th- that's all the three stages kind of there. There's the beginning people that are trying to start kind of start on Amazon. There's the people that are on Amazon that haven't really started, and there's the people that are trying to scale on Amazon. Right, and right. that's that's where the external traffic comes in to really help scale that out and um, get more sales there. So yeah, awesome, awesome, great stuff. Well, I re- really appreciate you coming on today and, and talking about this. Uh, you know, I know I've I've learned a ton, so I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure the listeners will uh, have learned a ton as well. Uh, where can uh, people connect with you or find you uh, on on the socials or, or check out your website? So I focus a lot on LinkedIn. That's probably my my main traffic source. So if you want to connect with me, connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Victor Dwyer, D-W-Y-E-R. Uh, most people don't spell it right. So if you get it wrong, uh, that's completely okay. <laughs> um, and then you can just search up victordwyer.com. Um, got a bunch of different content there. Um, I'm all about content. So any, anything about producing more content, I'm happy for it. So yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah. You know, just scrolling your feed, there's a lot of really great tips and videos in there. So uh, definitely uh, go and check that out if you want to learn more uh, and reach out to uh, Victor as well. So thanks again so much for being here. I really appreciate it and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Ooh.